Welcome to episode 87 of Sharing Life Lessons. This is season 9. We are one spirit, one soul, one world. And together we are creating a library of stories and life lessons. I am your host Hamida and I want to bring you stories because stories matter, stories inspire, stories teach and stories heal. Welcome again from India. This episode is a little different. As they say in India, thoda hatke hai. Please consider this episode as an important episode geared towards social impact in a basic and much needed area. It is our first attempt as a Sharing Life Lessons community to bring about universal transformation together. I will return to the regular format of my podcast from next week. I also wish to inform the listeners that the audio quality is a bit compromised in a few spots in this episode and thus I want to let you know that up front, so please bear with me. As the strength of the internet was low during the interview between Africa, which is where my guest for today is from, and India, which is where I am currently. In keeping with Sharing Life Lessons 2022 theme of universal transformation, I have decided to dedicate today's episode to giving. To giving together as one spirit, one soul, one world, so that we can make an impact on an entire generation of young girls. We have created this wonderful community here and I'm hoping we can harness and use the power of this community, not only to share knowledge as we have been doing for the past 86 episodes, but also to make social impact and rise together as one world. There are three kinds of people in this world. Those who have more than enough, those who have just enough, and those who have barely enough. This episode is about those in the third category who barely have enough. And if you consider yourself as part of the first and second category, then as Albert Einstein said, it's every person's obligation to put back into the world at least the equivalent of what he or she takes out of it. Our guest for today is a very lovely 22-year-old young lady from Uganda, Africa. She's the founder of Chirabo Women Initiative, pursuing her bachelor's in business and finance, and currently running the She Needs a Pat project, SNAP, which is aiming at training girls across the country on how to make reusable menstrual pads and also distribute reusable pads in schools and communities. I sincerely urge you to listen to her to the end. The issue we are talking about for the young girls of Africa is real and with a negative impact on a whole generation and it is something we all together can do something about. So here we go. Let's welcome Charlene Chirabao. Charlene, welcome to Sharing Life Lessons. It is so nice to have you as a guest on my show. This is going to be a unique episode. I wanted to talk about a particular topic that you're really involved with. But before we talk about the topic, I would like if you could please introduce yourself. Thank you very much, Hamida, for having me. My name is Charlene, Charlene Chirabo from Kampala, Uganda. And I'm a founder of Chirabo Women Initiative an organization that aims at spreading the gospel about menstrual health hygiene. And the Shirabo Women Initiative partners with a very good organization known as YET to help improve the livelihoods of young girls and youths across Uganda. And we hope to get to Africa very soon. 
Apart from being a health management advocate, I'm also a student in my final year at Makere University Business School. And I'm pursuing a bachelor's in business administration, majoring in finance. Sherlene and I got connected through a person called Odida Julius. He is the CEO of YET, a partner organization of Chirabu Women Initiative, and he's my international mentee. That's where the connection all comes in. I wanted to let the guests know how we all know each other, but there is this great initiative that YET, which is Youth Initiative for Economic Transformation, has come up with. It is a foundational skills initiative for young girls. Before we talk about that, Sherlene, can you first please tell us your story? Because it is important for the listeners to have this background. All right. Thank you, Hamida. I was raised by a single mother and we weren't financially well. So when I was a teen, around 13, 14, I personally experienced menstrual poverty. I know how it feels. I know the burden that comes with it because back in the years, the 2014, 2015, and as early as 2013, there were months whereby my mother couldn't afford 3,000 Uganda shillings for a packet of pads. 3,000 Uganda shillings, turning it to the dollar, it's less than $1 because $1 equates to about 3,600. Uganda shillings, yes. Someone out there could actually be wondering how can one fail to afford one dollar? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. not just me, there are very many people out there who fail to afford the one dollar. So I found myself having to use tissue, toilet paper for most of the times. An experience of toilet paper holding blood, anyone could experiment it. Just get tissue, put it in water, and see what happens to it. You know, it will all start not really dissolving, but tearing itself into very small particles that sometimes can just enter maybe one's body, cause very many infections and stuff. Mm -hmm. I used to hate going to school in those days. Yes, because I always feared people are going to laugh at me. This tissue is going to be filled up and very soon my dress is going to be stained. So how I get out of this poverty, menstrual poverty. My mother one day bought me menstrual pads reusable ones from a company called AfriPads here in Uganda. I remember they were four in a pack. At first, I hesitated about using them, but then they were actually the solution I needed. Just I would wear one for maybe three, six hours or sometimes five, four, depending on my flow, wash it, put it out in the sun to dry. And I was assured of something to hold my blood in the night and the next day. So growing up, I was always described as a very confident girl, very confident young girl. But should I say my teenage years didn't give me the best experience and I blame everything on menstrual poverty because I lost my esteem. I always felt small in society. I remember one time my skirt got stained in class mm-hmm. and it's actually a boy who told me that, hey, Shalene, your skirt is messed up. I felt embarrassed and the next day I didn't want to go back to school. I felt embarrassed Mm -hmm. and ashamed. I didn't want to walk back to class the next day. Mm, Yeah, I'm sure. So I think around 2015, that's when I started using reusable pads. At first, the experience wasn't good because of the thought of having to clean 
to wash blood, but my mother always tried talking me through it. It's, it's your own blood. It's something that's from your body. There is no reason to be irritated. And they say time heals wounds. And with time, yeah, appreciating that this is the best solution I could ever have. So fast forward to 2020. Sherin, before you go forward, I want to pause here and I want to talk to my listeners. They must be thinking why we are talking about menstrual poverty. There are two reasons why we are talking about menstrual poverty. The, the biggest reason is that who in the West has heard about anything like that? I certainly didn't. My daughter has never felt, experienced menstrual poverty. I don't even know if she knows the term menstrual poverty, just like many of us don't. But why we are talking about this is to let us experience that we are privileged. There are many regions in the world that face this, and there are many women in those regions in the world who face this. So, Shirley, of course, finish your story, but I would like you to tell us what impact menstrual poverty has on the young girls. Okay. Thank you, Hamida. So the impacts of menstrual poverty from personal experience, the first one is one loses their esteem, their self-confidence, their confidence as a girl child in society, what the things they can do, they start deteriorating. They feel small. They always want to be home because personally I preferred being in my room alone. Not even going to the sitting room to eat food. Other impacts of menstrual poverty. The most saddening of all is sex for pads. We are having girls in rural areas who are giving their bodies to older men just to give them 3,000 shillings to get sanitary towels. Remember I told you that uh, 3,000 shillings is less than $1. So just imagine a girl giving in her body for less than one dollar. And when I heard that from you, I was utterly shocked. Again, nothing that any of my listeners may have heard about before, but know that it is happening, that there is something called sex for pads, which um, you, I have to pinch myself to even know that that is real. Yeah, go go on. Tell us more about sex for pads. Yeah, so we are having many young girls who are getting infected with HIV AIDS. We are having high rates of unwanted early pregnancies. Child, 13 years. Literally, this girl is still a child. So this child is expected to bring another child to life. Who is going to take care of the other? These are stories that I have listened from girls I have interacted with in different parts of the country. So apart uh, from sex for pads, we also have girls who are dropping out of school because of menstrual poverty. Like I said, when my skirt got stained in class, mm -hmm. I feared to go back the next day. At least I walked back to school. There are girls who refuse to go back to school once such a thing happens to them. As a person who has first-hand experienced it, I really don't feel for any person to go through it. Out of every 10 girls in a school, we have around three girls missing school every day because of periods. And out of these three, one or two will totally drop off. Mm -hmm. 
from school. So these two who have dropped out of school are going to be the victims of sex for pads. They're going to be the victims of early pregnancies. Mm. Everything sounds a bit broad, but it all narrows down to menstrual poverty. That's why we have to start by killing the face of menstrual poverty. Also, isn't another impact that would get married sooner? Because as soon as they... It is. Okay. Yes, it is. There are best example in Eastern Uganda, an area called Luka District, where I was in 2020. They still have some very ancient African cultures that once a girl starts her periods, she's fit to be married off. We have girls who start periods at an early age of nine years or 10 years. Mm. So if we still have this belief of once a girl starts her periods, she's fit to be married off. We are having 10 years who are being married off. And they're not being married off to age mates, but they're being married off to older men. So that's why when, when we are fighting menstrual poverty, mm -hmm. we also include our, an, an entire package of menstrual education. We also have to teach these parents of these girls. We also have to teach the society that once a girl starts her periods, it does not mean that she is mature and already for marriage. She is in the process of getting there, but she is not yet there. Yeah. What do you think needs to happen in society to start getting rid of this vice? Everything starts with sensitization. Yes, because I remember when I visited Loka district, one of the leaders told me that even if we ended menstrual poverty, we need to sensitize the societies that these girls are still young. Remember, once a person can menstruate, it automatically means she can bear a child. So that's why people assume, societies assume, they are ready for marriage. So it has to go down to sensitizing societies, sensitizing these young girls, sensitizing their parents, sensitizing communities at large. How do we sensitize these young girls? We go down to their schools or find them in their different communities. We teach them how to make reusable menstrual pads. Then at the same time, we teach them, encourage them, give them hope, one, to keep in school, mm -hmm. to keep hopeful for a better future. Because once a girl is in school, she's focused on her books. She's capable of being someone great in future. We inspire them. We tell them our stories of maybe don't you want to be where I am? So if that's it, keep in school, read your books there is a future ahead of you. Charlene, I know you are a trainer and you've trained Atimango, who now trains girls in villages on how to make these reusable pads. Not only does she train them to make reusable pads, but she also gives them a lot of other teachings in health and esteem, etc. Can you talk a bit about that and also tell us the kind of impact that this training has had on the girls? Just to give statistics to the listeners, it's a very new program. It started in September of 2021. And so far, 166 young girls have been trained in 21 and about 27 girls have been trained in 2022. I think it was around July of 2021 when I started my partnership with Yet, that's with Julius, on training these girls. 
we had two trainings whereby the first training was mainly about soft skills, how one can be confident, teaching them about uh, self-discovery. It may be outside the box, but it's needed. We need highly confident girls in the future. Also, we told them more about uh, menstrual health management. There are many changes that happen to the female body when you're soon approaching your periods the stomach pains, the joint pains and stuff. Why we do two trainings at the same time? Most people would just go and maybe train them how to make pads. That would mean you're only fighting menstrual poverty and we have not catered for other issues. Because if these girls are missing school, it means they've seen no sense or seen no use of being in school. We have to teach them the importance of being in school. We need to keep them in school. Also, the demand for it is really increasing. I've heard from Odida Julius that there are the leaders of other villages and leaders of other regions that are demanding for this training. And we only have one trainer. And the reason why we have one trainer is because we have funds only for one trainer, right? Yeah, that's correct. Because I remember when we were planning, we wanted to train as many as 10 trainers or at least five to spread them out the country. But uh, because of minimal funds, we had to only train one. And as the demand for these trainings increase, the work becomes overwhelming for Atemango. You'll find that today she's needed in Gulu. The other day she has to be in Lira. The other day she has to be in Suruti. So personally, she doesn't get time to rest it really becomes overwhelming for her. Why many leaders are really demanding for these trainings in their areas? Should is the training of how to make reusable pads is more of a permanent solution. Why the leaders demand for this? We find that uh, most parents, they'll always run to their local leaders. Our girls don't have pads, at least this month buyers pads. So with time, it becomes overwhelming for the leaders. Mm -hmm. You're buying pads for over 100 plus girls. With time, they also run out of money. So when they get to hear about such uh, programs, they are willing to invite these people mm -hmm. in uh, their societies to train their girls. And we personally want to extend the services to the different areas of these leaders. But the main challenge are funds. We do not have the funds for the materials needed for the training. We do not have the funds for the trainers. And at the same time, we need to facilitate these trainers. Because we are going to send someone out to field, they need to be given transport, at least and a little allowance, maybe for lunch or breakfast, depending on the time of the day they have traveled. Because some people, like Atimango, at times she trains from 8 a.m. to around 5 p.m. Mm. So, so we're mainly limited by the funds for that. And which is why this is the second reason to dedicate this episode to this purpose. I'm hoping my listeners will start pitching in. This is an initiative very close to my heart. It's also the reason why Charlene started her own women's initiative and she is giving her full attention and time to it. It is not very expensive for us in the Western worlds and non-African world to support this. For $100 per month, we can train about 50 to 60 young girls. I'm requesting a call to action from my listeners. You don't have to support the entire month. 
it'll be great if you can sponsor a month, but no amount is too little. There is a link in my show notes for a crowdfunding site. We've already attracted some donations, but it's not enough. I'm hoping my listeners will go to that link and donate starting from a dollar. That's fine. It takes about a dollar fifty to train one young lady or one girl child. You can sponsor as many girl childs as you want, or you can sponsor a whole month worth of programs. Nothing is too much. Nothing is too less. Charlene, I'm hoping you agree and want to say something about funding. Yes, I do agree with you a hundred percent, and I would really encourage all our listeners in something to support these girls back here in Uganda. Like said, Hamida, nothing is too small and nothing is too much. Even if you decided to give us $10 per month, that would really be helpful because training one girl takes $1.5. And I'm certain Hamida is going to share details of the crowdfunding platform where you can already send your contributions to. Charlene, it was great having you on the show. Before we end, we cannot end my show without talking about life lessons. You've gone through this experience of menstrual poverty. You've come out of it successfully. And not only have you personally come out of it, but now you're helping so many other women come out of it. So tell us life lessons that you've learned from this journey. The number one life lesson I have learned over the years, it's to always be grateful for everything you've been through in your life. If I didn't experience menstrual poverty, maybe I wouldn't be the one helping the young girls today. And it's such a huge blessing that I'm actually helping them. So I'm grateful for the years I experienced menstrual poverty. Mm -hmm. If I didn't pick inspiration from them, then I wouldn't be who I am today. You wouldn't be knowing me, Hamida. (laughs) But here I am, at least I've gotten to know good people. That is so sweet. Yes, I agree. Then another thing I would also tell our listeners, it's always very okay to feel lost. Sometimes we have different experiences in our lives that make us feel like you can no longer see a sense of life, no longer have a purpose in life and everything. I want to tell you all, it is okay. I had those years, about three to five years of those, whereby I had no vision of life. I couldn't see what tomorrow would hold but later came out of that. So just allow yourself to go through the pain and come out of it stronger than you were before. Otherwise, thank you very much for having me, Hamida. Thank you very much for being on the show. I want to just say one last thing. That is kudos to you because you went through it. You experienced menstrual poverty but you could have just sat down and not done anything about it for others, but you did. You raised your hand and you said, I've gone through it and I don't want anyone else to go through it. And you did something about it. So we are all thankful for you, Charlene. Listeners, I hope you are as impressed with Charlene as I am. This 22-year-old has taken the misfortune handed to her in regards to menstrual poverty and converted into an opportunity to not only help herself, but help all the other young girls in surrounding villages. Her goal is to help all the young girls of Africa. If that is not uplifting a whole generation, then what is? Charlene said someone out there could actually be wondering how can one fail to afford one dollar? Not just me. 
very many people out there fail to afford the $1. I hope all my listeners will want to join me in supporting Charlene and Yate with this basic but impressive project. The link to the crowdfunding site created for this project is in the show notes. The commitment that Odita and Charlene are making is to keep this crowdfunding page current with pictures and receipts for the training that you will be paying for. Plus, I'm personally monitoring this project to understand how to best scale it throughout Africa and make productive use of every penny of your donation. Lastly, instead of key takeaways, this time, let me list the key impact your donation will have on the young girls of Africa. One, your donations will enable reusable menstrual pad training to all age groups starting from girls of 10 years old. In essence, we are teaching them to fish so they are never in menstrual poverty ever again. This is the only permanent solution to this problem. Two, your donations will help end the awful phenomenon in certain parts of Uganda of sex for pads. As Charlene said, girls are so embarrassed in school when they are menstruating and their clothes stain that they rather give their bodies to older men who take advantage of this fact and give them a few thousand shillings in exchange for sex. The girls in turn use the money to get to buy menstrual pads. It breaks my heart to know that this is even happening to so many young girls. Our goal should be to get to a point that not a single girl feels the need to get money for pads in this manner. If this stops, so will HIV infections and early pregnancies. So let's put reusable menstrual pad in every young girl's hand. That should be the goal. Three, and lastly, your donations will return self-esteem and self-development to the girls we train because they will not skip school for a week per month, nor will they drop out from school. Realistically, you're not only helping these girls, but also their entire and all generations to come. Remember, it is every person's obligation to put back into the world at least the equivalent of what he or she takes out of it, says Albert Einstein. So. Please join me in our first step together towards universal transformation. We are all connected. Let's use this connectivity and uplift those who need it the most. Again, the link to the crowdfunding site is in the show notes. Together, let's build our world the way we want to from the ground up. This brings us to the end of this episode. I will bring you another really exciting episode next Wednesday. Until then, be happy. Be safe and be blessed.